This is the United Arab Emirates, which are Arabian Emirates that are united. So remember that because it is important later on. The nation is also home to Dubai and Abu Dhabi, which are in turn home to all of those crazy videos you see with sports cars and super yachts. And of course, all of this was made possible by the wealth the nation has found in oil. You can't discuss the UAE without looking at oil and the way that this has transformed this once desolate and very poor nation into the metropolis for overconsumption that we know and love today. But perhaps oil isn't the entire story. We have looked at the economies of Norway and Venezuela, the Democratic Republic of the Congo and even North Korea, which are kind of the good, the bad and the ugly of natural resource wealth. But the United Arab Emirates goes beyond this. The nation has a robust plan in place to transition its economy in preparation for the day when the oil runs dry, or plummets in value by 30% overnight. As always though with these type of nations, it all kind of starts when they kicked the British out. The history of the United Arab Emirates is in many ways similar to many economies that we have explored on the channel before. It was a British colony that was pretty poor. Its main industry was pearling, which literally meant going out on boats and diving for pearls you get from oysters. Now this wasn't such a bad industry by early 1900 standards. It kept a fair few people employed, they were easy to export and for the most part it kept the relatively underdeveloped economy chugging along. But then there was World War I and the Great Depression, oh and they discovered how to make synthetic pearls and then there was another world war and oh oh and then India, the largest market for pearls at this time claimed independence and raised tariffs. So whatever was left of this little pearl industry was gone. This was a bit of a problem for the British. You see having colonies was supposed to be making them money. They never made that much money off the Emirates, but at least the pearl business was something. Beyond this, they were kind of a problem child. Before it was the United Arab Emirates, it was just a collection of kingdoms that were all technically under the rule of the British, but also had their own kings that didn't always get along. It was a mess, which meant that the British really had to pay special attention to this colony to make sure it didn't declare war on itself. Fortunately for the British, they had the inkling that there may be some oil about, and they were right. By being first in line, they basically ensured that it was British companies that got to negotiate for the contracts of oil exploration, which it did. But the thing was, the British government and British Petroleum, the company that did collect a lot of this business, were two different entities. And unfortunately, that meant that while BP was getting rich, the British government was still paying to protect this desolate nation in a region that was getting a bit, uh, spicy. So, in 1971, the United Arab Emirates became an independent state, and they were now both independent and united. Well, apart from Bahrain and Qatar that decided that they would rather peace out and do their own thing. Which, you know, fair enough. This was all a bit different from the other times that we have explored the independence of ex-British colonies though, in the sense that the Emirates didn't really have to put up a fight or protest or even go to war. If anything, they were kind of just pushed out onto the street. Like, yep, there you go, we've raised you to be big and strong, now go out and fend for yourself. So there they were, sitting in the desert in the mid-70s, wondering what to do with themselves. In 
In the late 1960s, about four years before the Emirates' full independence from the British, they got a call from this club called OPEC, where other major oil producing nations were gathering to collude on the price of oil, which all sounded pretty fun. OPEC was a major driving force that led the UAE to massively increase its oil supply and then actually start exporting it to other countries that would use it. Now the biggest consumer of the Emirates oil wasn't the UK or America, who at this time had their own supplies pretty much set, rather it was actually Japan, who quickly became the nation's biggest customer, which was great for both nations. Japan was a rapidly expanding economy at this time, but it had very very little in the way of natural resources, and a growing nation needs energy to grow. We have explored all of this in our video on the economy of Japan, so go and watch that one after this to understand the other side of the equation. This oil boom was great, and for a fledgling nation the government actually did a lot of great work ensuring that the oil revenue was put towards some pretty constructive projects. They built schools and ports and roads and refineries, which did a few things. For starters of course, it massively improved the quality of life of the citizens in the nation. The second thing it did though, was actually increase the amount of money that they could make from oil. Even though oil is seen as a pretty easy commodity to get rich off, it still requires a lot of infrastructure. Oil wells and roads to get to those wells and ports for oil tankers all take a lot of investment. Now I don't want to sound like a broken record, but when you are making anything from a can of soup to an offshore oil rig, you have to consider the factors of production. That is land, capital, and labour. Most countries around the world struggle with the problem of unemployment. Governments ponder the issue of populations not getting good paying jobs because a well employed workforce is the backbone of a national economy. It means that you have people producing things and being paid in cash which they can then use to purchase other goods and so the circle of life continues. The UAE kind of has a different problem though. You see with its oil boom and reinvestment into infrastructure, the tiny tiny population of the nation wasn't going to cut it to build everything that they needed to be built and facilitate all of the industries that needed to be facilitated. So it just imported some workers. Today, just under 90% of the population of the nation are foreign workers. This is the highest rate of foreign residents of any nation in the world. In fact, it is one of the only major nations in the world where the largest represented group of nationalities within the nation is not that of the nation itself. As of making this video, workers from India and Pakistan are more common than an Emirati citizen in the United Arab Emirates. This has done a few things. Foreign workers are not really counted as import goods per se, partially because that sounds terrible and partially because they do contribute to the economy while they are there, but they still kind of are in many ways. Workers from these nations mostly move to the UAE because of the work. Now the work is not good. It often involves hard labour in terrible conditions, working long hours for very little pay. But it's still better than the work that they could get back in their home countries. So what a lot of these workers do is live and work in the UAE for a couple of years, set themselves up financially by sending money back home for themselves, and then they move back as well. The country is 
way too expensive for them to have any quality of life while they are working there, but if they really rough it, they can save their pay which goes a long, long way back home. It's actually a very similar arrangement to most computer science interns in Silicon Valley, only with slightly less khaki pants. Most smart, oil-rich nations know that oil wealth is not forever. And even if the oil wells of the nation never actually run dry, oil is just a commodity. It fluctuates in price. Just earlier this week, the price per barrel of crude oil dropped by over 30% overnight, which will have major impacts on an economy that is highly dependent on oil to fuel its economy. Now, every nation has a different strategy for dealing with this problem. Norway saved up all of their oil money into a nationwide hedge fund. Venezuela completely train wrecked themselves in the hope that foreign aid was a viable long-term growth industry. And the United Arab Emirates has put its bet on diversification. A lot of that infrastructure spending was not directed entirely towards facilitating its oil industry, but rather, a lot of it was into building these beautiful metropolises we see today. Most notably, Dubai and Abu Dhabi. The former of which is the most popular tourist destination in all of the Middle East and the fifth most in the world. Tourism is a huge growth industry, the previous months ignored, and Dubai specifically is really set up to take advantage of this. For starters, of course, it has many major attractions in its own right. The Burj Khalifa, the Burj Al Arab, the Palm, and even its natural coastline is pretty spectacular. But it is also really, really lucky geographically. It is in an amazing central location between Asia and Europe and even Africa as it continues to develop into the future. The Emirates have capitalized on this further by developing their own airline. Emirates is today one of the largest airlines in the world and surprise, surprise, they use Dubai as their hub for most of their international flights. Now, I don't want to encroach too much onto Wendover Productions turf, but rest assured the government's investment into this airline was a calculated decision to make travelers maybe make the most of that stopover and spend some time and tourist dollars in our lovely city. Now, tourism is great and all, but the actual focus of the Emirates post-oil plan is more specifically on attracting business. We have already seen that the United Arab Emirates is a really great place geographically but it has gone beyond this to make itself really attractive to foreign business. It has no corporate tax, even for foreign corporations, no income taxes, no sales taxes. It's effectively a tax-free nation, which makes businesses really excited. This was a bit of a risky plan, of course. Not raising any taxes and living almost exclusively off your oil wealth was what happened in Venezuela before it all went uh, downhill. But the UAE's plan is that they will be able to establish their major cities as business hubs for the region, in very similar ways to how Singapore is a business hub in the Southeast Asian region. Both countries have very, very small populations with huge expatriate communities. Both countries are the hub for their major international airline. Both countries have very flexible tax arrangements to be attractive to businesses. If it can work for Singapore, why can't it work for Dubai? And well, this is actually fair. The country doesn't yet quite have the track record to show that it will be able to fully realize this goal, 
but it has done all of the right things at the right time to make itself a center for business rather than just a well of oil. The United Arab Emirates is a country in transition, and its transition was and still is rapidly evolving. In the span of 40 years, the nation has gone from a tribal state of fishing villages to skyscrapers, camels to Lamborghinis, wooden purling boats to super yachts. It's a nation that has had a lot of luck, but has actually capitalized on this luck. It knows this wealth is not forever, and it is taking steps to ensure that the nation can continue to harbor the kind of wealth that facilitates Bugattis as police vehicles, but it's a high-risk game. I fully expect if I was to revisit the economy of the UAE in 10 years, it would be a very, very different video to this one, either for better or for worse. The nation has not raised taxes, which means it's actually taken on debt during a time that should be all about prosperity and saving up as much money as possible. But if the plan to transition to a global business center does take off, it will pay off far more than any oil reserves ever could. Hi guys, thanks for watching. If you did enjoy the video, please consider liking and subscribing. If you really enjoyed the video, please consider becoming a patron over on Patreon. We have recently posted our first feature length exclusive Patreon video over there, so it may be something worth checking out, especially since it helps the channel. Otherwise, consider joining our Discord server linked in the video description to continue the great economic banter. Thanks guys, bye.